0: Hey, welcome back to another episode here of uh, We Are forpedes. Peds. Um, I think I'm going to try and combine vomiting and diarrhea into one episode. I'm a little worried because I think that the uh, may be a little long. I'll see what I can do. I'll try not to talk fast though. Better that one is better one long one rather than two short ones. Better I stop rambling, huh? All right, let's talk about vomiting. So, anytime we're seeing kids with vomiting, the first question is. Is it truly emesis? Okay. Sometimes it's post-tussive emesis. So they just cough so hard that that makes them spit up. Well, then the problem is their cough or a respiratory problem or pneumonia. It's not a GI problem. With babies, is it spit up? Is it rumination? Is it reflux? Again, if I feed you a liquid diet and make you lay on your back, yeah, you're going to burp up a bunch of liquid. Okay. That's not really vomiting. That's just... Uh, uh, gravity. And then there's, you know, true vomiting, uh, kind of the retching, heaving, and we've all done that. And we all hate that, don't we? All right. So what are the causes of vomiting once we've decided that's what it is? So the most common is some viral thing, right? Uh, Some viral gastroenteritis. But we have to remember that vomiting in the absence of other viral features Diarrhea, fever, rash, something like that. We always have to worry: is there uh, uh, another cause? Is this a neurologic cause? Right. So that we think of our kids with a VP shunts, they can vomit when they have increased intracranial pressure. Children with metabolic metabolic problems, so DKA uh, is a is a classic uh, episode, uh, classic cause sepsis or pneumonia again babies that are septic um, will do just about anything kids with pneumonia that's a you know uh, um, fever cough um, belly pain fever cough vomiting uh, that's pneumonia so we have to think about that and then there are the surgical causes the most common surgical cause that we'll talk about is pyloric stenosis uh, again, for the, the test questions for the medical students, it's a uh, uh, you know, six-week-old firstborn male with non-bilious emesis, all right? And again, because it's pyloric stenosis at the outlet of the stomach, and so it's before uh, um, the uh, common bile duct in ampulla Vater, so that's why there's no bile in the emesis, all right? If we have bilious emesis in a baby, wow, we get a... We got to get really excited about this because the question is is this malrotation, or more concerning is malrotation with mid gut volvulus, right? So now we have ischemic bowel. And this is a really time sensitive condition. And so, bilious emesis in babies, we really take seriously. The six week old uh, um, projectile vomiting, non bilious uh, emesis, that's what we're going to think about pyloric stenosis. And then any other you know, obstruction or you know, post-surgical kids have a bowel obstruction or trauma, uh, that may be a, a cause of emesis. And so uh, vomiting alone, like I said, we have to think about other things. But once we've decided it's viral, now what are we going to do? So first, we're going to have to assess their level of dehydration. And so lots and lots of, of things that we talk about, right? Um, I'll put an article in the show notes, one of my favorite articles that I like to show the residents is from uh, Mark Gorlick and Kathy Shaw, and uh, really found four features to be the best predictors of clinical dehydration in children. And so what's their general appearance? What is their capillary refill? Do they have dry mucous membranes? And are they making tears? And so, the, and so the more of those four things that are abnormal, the more we're going to worry that these kids are clinically dehydrated and may require uh, more rather than less rehydration before we feel like they're safe going home. And so again, general de- appearance, cap refill, absent tears, and dry mucous membranes. Now we've decided, hey, we think they're a little dry. Uh, we think this is viral. Um, what are we going to do? So if we're going to try, uh, if we don't think they're uh, dry enough to need IV hydration, right? If they need IV, then we do that. Uh, Interestingly, we're going to mention IV stuff. uh, Some places that you'll read, some articles that you'll read, some places that you'll work, some articles that you will read, uh, they pay attention to bicarbs less than 15. Again, not uniformly throughout the country, but uh, um, maybe some places that you all worked, some places that uh, maybe some of the physicians work, um, uh, bicarbs less than 15, you can't go home until that bicarb normalizes. But uh, uh, that's not uniform, and, and uh, uh, we're not uniform in, in worrying about that. But if we've decided, hey, we, this kid does not need IV hydration, we're going to try orally. Well, what are we going to do? So what'd your mom do with you when you vomited? She said, wait an hour and then try again. We're so impatient in the emergency department. Sometimes we don't give them that time for bowel rest before uh, trying to refeed. And so we really have to decide if we want to do some bowel rest uh, before refeeding. That's often the reason why, uh, um, I may not do uh, PO challenges as much as some of the other folks. Um, again, I invite you over, you eat my cooking, it makes you sick, you vomit all over the place, vomit 10 times. Uh, um, if I, uh, if I, you don't need IV hydration, if you throw up one more time, am I going to keep you? No, uh, you're still going to go home, drink some Gatorade, you'll be all right. So uh, um, uh, me, sometimes if I'm pretty confident they, need, they don't need IV fluids, I may send them home and do some bowel rest at home and restart feedings there, all right? If we are going to try and give them something to drink in the emergency department, what shall we give them? So we can have Pedialyte, we can do uh, water, we can do some juice or watered-down juice, some other clear liquids. What are the advantages or disadvantages? So water, right? That's great. Good for you, right? We all ought to be drinking more water, Uh, but we want, you know, no calories, no electrolytes. The trouble is if we go to Pedialyte, that's pretty salty, all right? That's quarter normal saline if you look at the sodium content. And so by the time kids are 10 months old, 12 months old, they realize how bad it tastes. And they may not drink it just because they don't like the taste. All right? So let's resist the urge to mix juice in with Pedialyte because now we've just made bad-tasting juice. All right? What's the role of Pedialyte? Well, nothing. Okay. Pedialyte is watered-down World Health Organization rehydration solution. That was invented. Uh, for kids with, uh, for people with cholera diarrhea. So you get the sodium glucose co transporter in the large bowel that gets paralyzed with this. And so you still get water absorption, uh, even if you have uh, a cholera, right? And so that's the goal of WHO solution. Pedialyte is just watered down that. um, And so it doesn't have any magic properties uh, for vomiting. And so we just want clear liquids uh, because it's easier on the stomach, right? When you're sick, when you're vomiting, big greasy pork chop and a milkshake, no way, right? That's you know too much fat, too much protein on your stomach. You want just water and maybe some gentle carbohydrates. So we're gonna do small frequent feeds of gentle carbohydrates. When the kids can tolerate that, that's when we'll start to add more complex carbohydrates. Uh, then we'll start to add uh, um, uh, solids. And we'll talk about the brat diet, bananas, rice, applesauce, toast, crackers, pretzels. Again, those same things your mom gave you. And then when you can tolerate that, then maybe we'll start to add back fats and proteins and whatnot to your diet. Okay. Um, Hey, the one time these rules don't apply is for breastfed babies. I don't know why breast milk is magical, right? Even vomiting babies can keep breast milk down. And so we'll try and let uh, uh, moms breastfeed through vomiting. And then better living through chemistry. Why not some Zofran, right? Um, So the studies say that a single dose of Zofran in the emergency department for kids with uh, vomiting, viral gastroenteritis uh, um, is enough to prevent them from bouncing back to the ED. And so kind of classic teaching is one dose of Zofran in the ED if you choose to give it, and then they don't need to go home with any. Sometimes, yeah, it's not unreasonable to send the family home with a couple doses, but single dose should be enough. All right. And so that's vomiting. And I'm like nine minutes in. So let's see how quickly we can talk about diarrhea. All right. Diarrhea. I'm an adult, but every time the residents talk to me about it, still, some people think it's funny, but it's really rather runny. All right. And so as you characterize diarrhea, the question is, is this just a loose stool or two, or is this actual diarrhea? And so uh, the more episodes, the more likely we're going to call it diarrhea, the less likely we're just going to call it just a single loose poop. All right. And then the other big distinction is blood or not. Right, blood in it, then we go down the whole infectious pathway or other etiologies or this, this, that, the other thing. Nodular lymphoid hyperplasia, we'll say in the infants. But the non-bloody diarrhea, standard, we think this is viral gastroenteritis. What are we gonna do about that? All right, so again, as we assess their dehydration, we're gonna use our same tools that we talked about before, general appearance, capillary refill, absent tears, dry mucous membranes. If we have to rehy- IV rehydrate them, then uh, we'll, we'll do that. Why do children die uh, from diarrhea worldwide? Uh, because they have ongoing losses. And so every once in a while, the kids have such huge volumes of diarrhea that we have to do like twice maintenance plus replace their hourly diarrhea losses, right? But that's pretty rare. If we're... Uh, um, uh, going to just kind of treat them supportively, we always want to remember, right, all these kids get a butt rash from uh, frequent uh, uh, loose stools. And so every family is an A&D family or they're a decitant family, right? And, uh, A&D never works on my kid. That's why he's use And that's cool. And that's fine. How much do you put on? Like you're frosting a cake. All right. We want to have that much, uh, that stuff on there uh, so that the... the um, Uh, They don't get this contact dermatitis, right? There's these digestive juices in the loose stool that'll burn the skin. The kids kids get these awful burns on the bottom. So uh, uh, lots of barrier protection. And then when uh, the kids have a loose poop, uh, um, parents clean them off, dunk them in the tub real quickly. Uh, The way you can always get parents to bond with you if you say, hey, when you wipe their bum, their bum still stinks, right? And uh, now they're going to listen to whatever you say. Because you know, you know the magic, you know how, what they're going through, right? Because this is miserable for the kids. So they clean them off, dunk them in the tub real quick, get the rest of that stuff off, let them air dry, and then grease them up uh, like you're frosting a cake, right? Specifics uh, uh, with uh, diarrhea, uh, specific uh, uh, treatments or whatever. Uh, Again, breastfeeding is good, all right? Uh, Again, uh, kids do really well with this, except... Uh, maybe uh, uh, maybe mom had a change in her diet. So, hey, just had this new pasta sauce uh, with lots of garlic in it. Yeah, every once in a while we'll see uh, these babies have these uh, uh, diarrhea due to what a uh, change in mom's diet. So we just want to ask about that. Toddler's diarrhea, you hear me quiz the residents on that all the time. What's that? That's the loose stools kids get from drinking juice boxes, right? And so that's an osmotic diarrhea, the microscopic pulp. So, uh, when parents are rehydrating their kids with uh, viral illnesses, we want to make sure that they're not doing straight juice uh, because we don't want to give them, uh, we don't want to induce diarrhea. We don't want to cause loose stools. Sometimes I'll have kids uh, hold off on milk for a day or two um, because uh, they can have a transient lactose intolerance. Remember, lactase is at the tip of the brush border. And so t- sometimes, if you have lots and lots of diarrhea, uh, you can uh, uh, erode off the top of the uh, brush border, and you get this transient lactose intolerance. I've not seen data saying that works, but stopping milk for a day or two can't hurt. And so uh, um, something we may think of. Rotavirus diarrhea. Sometimes we'll get this really rapid transit diarrhea, and we'll have these bright green stools. Why is it bright green? Uh, same as bilious emesis, right? This is bile. This is a, a bile salts uh, coming out in the diarrhea. Normally, these are reabsorbed. Uh, but if they still come out and if it's bright green diarrhea, often what happens is kind of burns the colon. And so sometimes we'll put the kids on cholestyramine, a kind of a bile salt binding resin that'll slow down the stool, bind up the bile, allow the bowel to heal, and allow more water resorption, thus slowing the diarrhea. Okay. So that's vomiting and diarrhea. Sorry for going so long. Thanks for paying attention. As always, hit me up with any questions or requests. Thanks again.